0: Welcome to your book, Garden Radio, a copyrighted show presented by Authors on the Air, Global Radio Network. I'm Tina Sucetic, your host. Today, my guest, J.A. Jantz, will be joining the show in about 10 minutes with her living in the Pacific time zone and my living in the Central time zone and the studio being in the Eastern time zone. Uh, it's been interesting trying to get our times coordinated. Um, you know, I'm sitting there counting on my fingers going, "Okay, two hours, three hours. I need to be on the air at this time. So for the next few minutes, until she calls in, I'm just you know bear with me while I ramble on here a little bit and talk about this and that and the other thing. And then as soon as j a uh, joins us, I will um, have her on on the show. Um, I just thought I'd catch up a little bit on um, what's been going on in my life this, this past year. It might be kind of kind of boring, but um, last November I had uh, knee replacement surgery, and um, that kind of set me back a little bit with my writing. Um, for some reason, it's, I didn't feel like writing. The desire to write just kind of went away. It took about two months, although according to my husband, he said it took longer um, for me to get the desire to write you know, write again, and I was talking to somebody at one of the um events I was at, and she was saying her friend was really worried because sh- uh, she had knee replacement and um totally lost the desire to write and she was crying and everything. I said it came back, so she was going to share that little tidbit with her friend, so if you've had surgery and you know you feel like, oh, I'm never going to be able to write again, it does come back but then last August. Um, My husband and I went to alaska and we had a rented camper it's the second time We've done it fantastic way to see alaska you get to go where you want you have Your food with you you have your bed with you everything is with you you get to Toodle all over the you know beautiful country alaska is just a fantastic state If you ever get a chance to go i highly recommend going Um, But anyway i don't remember where we were and i rolled over in my sleep And woke up with severe pain in my shoulder I was like, "What did I do?" Well, it turns out I tore my rotator cuff. Yes, rolling over in my sleep. Nothing exciting, like you know, you know, hurt myself climbing a mountain or fell off my bike or something exciting. No, I rolled over in my sleep. Although the doctor says it's probably starting to go anyway. So, this in a couple of weeks, I'll be having rotator cuff surgery, which uh, rotator cuff surgery. Which means I'm going to be in a sling for two solid months, and uh, now I'm back to okay. How I'm going? How am I going to write? Am I going to feel like writing? Um, you know, I'm going to try the uh, text, uh, voice to text. I'm sorry, um, which should be interesting because I hate the sound of my voice. And um, you know, I do have love scenes in some of my books, and my I don't know if I can do that. You know something like that out loud even though I'm not here I mean I'm here by myself it's kind of like uh, I don't know if I can I don't know if I can do that so but you know it should it should be interesting I hear it's not a pleasant surgery but you know I sound like you know I've got all these aches and pains and I'm totally healthy but you know as I'm getting older it's like joint by joint I'm just kind of falling apart here um, but I do hope to um get a lot of writing done, read um some more authors that I hope to have on my show in in December and in um in twenty twenty, you know, to, to figure out a schedule. Um I have a lot of books to read, a lot of authors that I, you know, have been wanting to read. So I'm hoping this will give me an opportunity to do that because, you know, one handed, I'm going thankfully it's my left shoulder, not my right shoulder. Um and one of those authors is J. A. Jance. Um, I've read two of her books. Did not realize that my husband has a whole bunch of her books. So um, I'm I, like I said, I'm hoping to get a lot of reading done. Um, so it should be interesting. And oh, and then there's my right knee that now has a meniscus tear. Um, so like I said, joint by joint, my body is just falling apart. But um, that's life, and you know I'll adjust. And uh, my husband will be here to to help out and uh take care of me a little bit when I had my knee surgery he was a fantastic um caretaker although he got me hooked on M&Ms cuz every time I did my exercises like I was supposed to he treated me with M&Ms so even after even after my leg was my knee was healed you know I would do an exercise I do my exercises and go oh I get M&Ms so yeah so that was that was quite interesting so she should be calling in in the next the next few minute, minutes um some of the authors I'm hoping to have on and read is um Eleanor Coons she writes um the uh, Will's will reads mysteries she has quite a few of those there's shaker uh, take place in shaker communities um, which uh, should be interesting and I'm also Charlene Harris who I happen to meet at um at the uh, Writer's Police Academy this this year. I was so excited. I saw her name tag when I was helping hand out. I think shirts, and I'm like, is that the Charlene Harris? You know, is it possible that I'm meeting Charlene Harris? I just, you know, had that little moment of, oh my gosh, I'm meeting. You know, I'm meeting one of my one of my author idols. Um, let's see, some of the other authors I plan on having on my show and reading is um, Katie Pierce and um, Beverly Jenkins, um, some, oh, just, just too many, too many authors, um, and, and so many authors that are so good. Um, Heather Graham, I'm hoping to have Heather Graham on my show, in the future I saw her at, uh, met her, um, I've met her in the past, but I met her at um, Writers Police Academy again, and uh, sweet, sweet lady. Um, I, I do want to share a little story, while we're waiting here. She, um Um, We were sitting down and we were talking and somehow um, she mentioned her dad had been in the Navy in World War II. And I'm like, oh, so was my dad. And she goes, well, he was in the South Pacific. I was like, so was my dad. Oh, okay. And then she said, my dad was on one of the first ships that landed after they dropped the bomb at Nagasaki. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, so was my dad. It turns out her father and my father were on the same ship during world war ii you know it's both of our fathers are you know are, are gone um but we kind of would like to think that maybe they knew each other you know it's 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 possible but there are a lot of sailors on those ships and but that was that was pretty awesome and every time i tell that story i just get i just get chills because that's just so cool that that uh you know to know that her father and my father you know might have known each other so i'm hoping to have her on my show um, well, let's see. Who else? I'm just looking at all the books I have here. Um, Christina Dodd would be a cool one to have on my show. Um, but, uh, you know, I, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, you might be able to hear me rolling around on my chair here in my office. I have wooden floors, so I apologize for the background background noise here. Um, she should be calling very shortly, in a couple of minutes. Um, I, I could tell you a little bit about her. Um, she is J. A. is a New York Times bestselling author of the J. P. Beaumont series, the Joanna Brady series, the Allie Re- Reynolds series, and five interrelated thrillers about the Walker family, as well as a volume of poetry. She was born in South Dakota and brought up in Bisbee, Arizona, and today she lives in with her husband in Seattle, Washington. Hence the the time zone changes and trying to figure trying to figure that all out. Um, I did read her, and I'll bring it up later. I, her her current book, the one that was just released, since of the fathers, is the J.P. Beaumont. Or, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that Beaumont or Beaumont. Um, and after reading it, I went back and I read the first one, which came out in 1986. So, and she's written like, 20 books in that in that series. So, very um, very interesting books. It's kind of interesting to see him. Kind of grow up and change through the number of number of books that um, she's written about J.P. Beaumont. I highly recommend them. Um, let's see here. Who else do I want? would like to have on my show um, authors that I've had on before that have had new books come out, or will have new books come out. I'm hoping to have them back on my back on my show. Um, boy, let's see who else. There's just so many, so many good authors out there. Um, you know, thank you for putting up with my babbling here. Um, hopefully in about another minute she should be on. she's supposed to be on at three forty my time, so she should be calling in any time now. Um, let's see who else would i love to have on my show. Um, I know there's authors I'd love to have on my show Like Nora Roberts but she does not do uh, She does not do radio shows I mean that would That would be totally awesome if I had her on my show um, Let's see oh, oh there she is Okay let me click on the microphone here J.A. I'm right here Hello are you there Oh hi I am. Hi, Thank I... you for calling in You're welcome I'm so. Um, I, I introduced you a little bit. I've just been kind of babbling for the last 10 minutes, talking about authors I'd like to have on the air, and a little bit about your, um, some of your series that you, you know, that that you have, which I would love to talk about more as we get um, as we get rolling here. Um, first of all, can you just tell us we we have never met before, so it's hopefully someday we can somewhere.
1: Please tell me that I'm not late. I said my thing said I was supposed to call at one forty. Is that correct or incorrect?
0: Well, um there there's just been some back and forth about um um you you're you're correct. But unfortunately in the studio we can only set the time at the half hour and the hour. So I see. Um, but that's you know, that's that's perfectly all right. So I just um, you know, listeners are just gonna have to listen to me babble. <laughs> about what's been going on in my life and uh, kind of boring stuff but um, just waiting to to uh, visit with you so um, first of all just tell us a little bit about yourself
1: well I'm someone who always wanted to be a writer from second grade on and although I wasn't allowed in a creative writing program in college in 1964 because I was a girl for the last 30 <laughs> years I've been Uh, that's actually what the professor told me when I told him I wanted to sign up for his class. He said, girls become teachers or nurses, boys become writers. So I became a school teacher and then I became a librarian. And then I sold life insurance for 10 years. And then in 1982, I gave myself permission to start writing. And here we are with 60 books under my belt.
0: You know, and I when I read your bio from your from your website and I read that part about, you know, girls were only allowed to do you know, I was thinking, okay, we're allowed to be secretaries too. But, you know, that's just when you think about it, that wasn't that long ago. And and I'm little maybe like five years younger than you, so I'm kind of in that same time frame. And when I went to college and I was told by my advisor that girls only went to college to find husbands. Yep, well, I, like, I didn't do very
1: oh well choosing a husband when I was in college. I did a lot better when I was in my 40s. <laughs> oh, I,
0: well, that's good. I well, I'm still, my, ma- I'm still married to the guy I did meet in college. But, you know, it, it's just amazing that that's, I mean, you know, we think about that stuff, you know, in, longer ago than, what, 50 years ago. Oh, my gosh, it was that long ago. Oh, <laughs> 40 years ago. That's kind of scary, isn't
1: it? Mm. It is
0: you'll notice that my name
1: is my pen name is J.A. Jans as opposed to Judith Ann. Uh, and that's because the marketing folks for Unto Proven Guilty, my first Pomont book, told me that uh, male readers wouldn't accept a police procedural written by somebody named Judy. So J.A. was it. Well, I was from Bisbee, Arizona. I was being published by a New York publisher. I didn't care what they called me. And in actual fact... <laughs> yeah. It's when you're autographing books, it's a lot easier to write J.A. than it is Judith Ann. But um, for the last 30 years, my books have been on the shelves next door to, guess who? P.D. James, who had to use her initials for the same reason a gener- generation and a half earlier than I did. So, but you know, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I get to write my books, people read my books, and the rest is fluff.
0: Yeah. Um, I know when I graduated from college, there's a picture of me holding my diploma under my chin and I'm sticking my tongue out to all those naysayers, you know. It's just like, nah, nah, fooled you, proved you wrong. <laughs> you kind of feel yeah. that way too. It's like, you know, um, it's uh, well, it's wrong, my first but husband, that's the way things work.
1: My, my first husband told me in 1968, he was allowed in the creative writing program that was closed to me. He told me in 1968 there was only going to be one writer in our family, and he was it. He never published anything. When I divorced him in 1980, I bought myself a 78 Cutlass Supreme Brougham, and he said, I never should have bought that car, and I'd never be able to pay for it. And now whenever I get my into my S550 Mercedes, I settle into that comfortable leather seat, and I fasten my seatbelt, and I think about that man who died of booze at age 42 all those years ago, oh. and I go neener, neener, neener.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, we've come if a I long way, a baby. Person, <laughs> if I were a nicer person, that wouldn't happen, but I'm not, so it does.
0: Yeah. I, I You know, I, I, I get where you're coming from because, you know, it, it's – you know, we've, we've, we've had to, I think, fight for what we've, I mean, I, I mean, we still are fighting for what we have, but we've, we've come a long way. Um, yes, but we yeah, have you know, indeed. I tell my grand, you know, yeah, when well, I tell my granddaughters who are, you know, they're 15 and, and 12 and I said, you know, when I was in high school, there were, there were no sports. And they go, you're kidding me. I go, no, my senior in high school, they finally had track, you know, but they all, the boys all laughed at us you know when we were running and stuff and and it was just you know i'm like no there were no sports when i was in high school for girls you know we could be cheerleaders (laughs) but but anyway we are way off a topic here so yes we are it's a different world (laughs) um i read it it's funny i when i was reading sins of the fathers and my husband looked at the book and he goes where did you get that book and i said uh, the publisher sent it to me, and she's going to be on my radio show. And I go, why? He goes, because I have a whole stack of her books. We keep our books, books separate. So I kind of I, I went into his, his bookcase, and sure enough, he has 11 of your books, and, of course, none of them are one complete series because you have four series.
1: I have four separate series. Please tell your husband thank you for me.
0: <laughs> well, they're on my floor and he's not get, getting them back so I just have to figure out which order to, you know. I was going to ask you which one okay. I should completely read.
1: If you go to my website, if you are an IOR, what I call an IOR, an in order reader. If you go to my website oh, yeah. on the and click on the book's page, clear over on the right-hand side of that page that well that opening books page page, you'll see a downloadable list and that lists all of the books in chronological order. Now there are people like that who must start at the beginning or they won't start at all. Then there are people who pick up the newest book and and they're and they're there. So as the writer of a series, writing a book is very much like walking a tightrope because I have to include enough background material. So new readers feel like they have a whole book while at the same time. And, but I can't include so much that they don't feel obliged to go back and read the earlier books. And at the same time, I can't include so much background that I bore my loyal readers to death. So it's a really fine line of, of, Taking care of both of those pieces. In Sins of the Fathers, if this is the first one you've read, you're meeting Beaumont 24 books into the series. But a lot of uh, the background for this book comes from book number four, a book called Taking the Fifth, which was published in 1987. And of course, those books from the eighties are now historical fiction because there was oh, no, there was no cell phone. Somebody wrote to me and uh-huh. said, "Well, why is Beaumont always walking around Seattle looking for a quarter and a payphone? Why doesn't he use his cell?" And <laughs> I said, "Look at the publication date. Yeah, but no, no DNA, no CODIS, no uh, automatic uh, APIS, the fingerprint identification stuff." No, Luminol. It was a whole different world back then. And so those early books are legitimately historical fiction. But to write Sins of the Fathers, I had to go back and reread Take the from the 1980s. And I was shocked by how politically incorrect everybody was. And I was astonished when Beaumont gets all drunked up and hops into bed with a complete stranger. And, you know, that's not the Beau I know now because actually he got sober and he grew up. But uh, when since his father's Father starts, Beaumont is, he's my age, just about to turn 75. He is... Mostly retired, he has his PI license, but he's not really working that much. His wife is still working as the police chief in Bellingham, but he's sort of being a house husband and learning to cope with something new to his life, which is having a dog. He grew up in Ballard, the son of an unwed World War II era single mom, and. They lived in an apartment over a bakery. So he never had a dog before. Lucy came into his life in the previous book. And he's still getting adjusted to the whole idea of having a dog. And and as I write, I have to be mindful of all of this history. So somebody shows up on his doorstep. And it's a guy he doesn't really recognize. But it's someone from back in Taking the Fifth. And Alan Dale was head carpenter for a traveling show featuring a jazz singer named Jasmine Day. And um, Alan Dale shows up. He's standing there on the doorstep. He's got a diaper bag on one shoulder. He's got an infant seat in the other hand with his newborn baby in it. And he's a guy in his 60s and Beau's trying to figure out, okay, what's this whole deal? So, Dale comes in and explains that this is his granddaughter. Uh, she was she's was abandoned by her mother, Allendale's daughter, at a at the hospital shortly after birth. She was drug addicted and had to be, the baby had to be weaned off methadone before she could be released from the hospital. And Alan wants to take his granddaughter home to Texas to care for her. But the whole trick is he can't take her. Social services won't let him take her unless his daughter, who has gone missing, relinquishes her parental rights. So he wants Bo to help him find Alan Dale wants Beaumont to help him find this errant daughter. And when Beau looks at the errant daughter's photograph, he looks at that and he says, oops, oopsie. <laughs> she yeah, looks oopsies. a whole lot like my daughter. And I did have a one night stand with Jasmine Day. And so that's how Beaumont in the, Beginning of sins of the fathers <laughs> discovers that he, at age almost seventy five, he has a daughter he never knew and a granddaughter he had no idea about either. And so that that's that's where that book starts.
0: Well, I I thought you handled it, or you know, he he handled it very well. And then considering, you know, I, I thought the whole thing was handled, you know, quite well because the father quote father uh, what was his name i'm sorry um
1: allen allen dale
0: yeah 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 um you know it, it could have really exploded into something terrible you know and i I thought i thought they acted because well, they are grown up you know, <laughs> about the whole thing you know and when i when i got done reading sins of the fathers i went back and i read the first book and um you know what you mentioned about you know because that was in 1986 and it's like yeah you had to go to payphone and you really have to change your brain a little bit going well yeah this is 1980 1986 and um you know I'm thinking oh my gosh how many books do I have to read because I, I I'm I'm interested to see his his growth you know it's like well how did he meet his current wife and I'm just like oh boy here's a whole another stack of books I'm gonna have to you know, yeah, a whole put on stack my of books. Because he doesn't yeah, Mel
1: for a long time. But here's, here's something that I think is interesting. Beaumont's books are always told in the first person through his point of view. So you hear what he hears. You see what he sees. But you also hear what's going on in the back of his head, things that he doesn't necessarily say aloud. So we've been together as author and character since 1982. And wow, when I sat down to write Sins of the Fathers, within just a couple of pages, I was back in his mindset. I was seeing the world through his eyes. I was out on the deck throwing the Frisbee for that. Galumping g- galoot of a dog <laughs> I you know I was I was in his world hearing his thoughts and and chuckling at his jokes and his in idiosyncrasies and it's almost like I was writing the book but I was also seeing the book it was like it was playing out in front of my eyes instead of it was like he was telling me what was going on as opposed to me writing what was going on. Does that make any kind of sense? Does that mean I'm really? Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> you no, know, it makes sense to it. It makes sense to another author. You know, I, I'll, I'll say, well, my characters talk to me and someone who's not a, an author will just kind of look at you like, okay. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, I'm sorry they do. But was there, what was the, cause that's what, that's about 37 years from the first book to the last book, and there's, yep. what would you say, right. 24 books in between. How much time was it be- there between each each book? Well, for is that a while, is that a hard one to answer? A,
1: it was about six months, but it turned out that meant he was oh. aging too fast, and so that was that was an error I made as a beginning writer. But we both hung around for so long now that it doesn't really matter.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I'm really, really interested to find out what what book does he meet his current wife. But you know, because I'm interested in, in, you know, in 'cause because of course she's not around in the first well, book. So, it's um, after
1: he, it's yeah, that, after he gets fired from the shit squad, the special homicide investigation oh, <laughs> team. Yeah, I
0: thought that That's was funny. a whole other
1: story. <laughs> yeah. And um by the way, Harry Eyeball, his boss in that book, that was one of my 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 second husband's good husband's uh uncles, Harry Eyeball. Except I think Oh gee what was <laughs> Harry Eyeball's real name? It wasn't Ignatius. Yes it was. Oh, it it was Ignatius. Anyway, so <laughs> somebody wrote and complained that, that was that was just why did I put that in? I was just being funny, and I said, "Actually, no, it's a relative
0: of mine." <laughs> <laughs> that is that is that is funny. I mean, I laughed at it too, and I saw that, especially that shit squad. I'm like, "Oh, that is that that is good. That is funny." Um, and that was something I was going to. Uh, oh no, I, no, I just lost my train of thought. I lost my question. Don't know. I have questions well, down here. Was, I'm like, ah, darn.
1: I was invited to do to do a uh, an event at the National Book Festival when Laura and George, when George W. Bush was still president, and um, I was supposed to read from my book. I I eventually I was going to read about Beau proposing to Mel, and then I read that passage and. Five, I was supposed to read for five minutes and ten pages in she still hadn't given him a straight answer so I said that's not going to work. So then I thought I would write about his job and then I got to the shit squad and I said okay if I stand up in front of the President of the United States and the word <laughs> shit comes out of my mouth my mother will rise up from her grave and smack me. So I, I didn't do either one. I told about a fan of mine who started reading my books when he was in Iraq who's a guy who wrote to me from the hospital and who is still one of my friends by the way but um, when I, I said I, and I said that in my talk that, that my mother would come up and smack me and George President Bush was sitting in the front row and he practically fell out of his seat laughing. He thought that was hilarious.
0: That that must have been nerve wracking, getting up before the president of the United States. That would be a it was, scary, intimidating. It was wonderful,
1: <laughs> but but because I honored that, when the, the banquet was over and he and Mrs. Bush were leaving the room, he came over, tapped me on the shoulder, and said, "Great speech." So it was. Oh. It was very rewarding.
0: Wow, gives me the chills hearing that. That is that is that is pretty cool. That is awesome. <laughs> to think, did you get your okay, picture so taken
1: with do, them? do you know my husband's camera battery was dead. Oh no! <laughs> so oh. We have we have <laughs> we do have one picture, but uh, and we've just. Unearthed it from storage, and we're going to be hanging it here shortly. But um, the real heroes—the real heroes in sins of the fathers—are all the grandparents in this country who, instead of living the golden years they planned are actually using those golden years to raise the grandchildren their kids are too screwed up to raise and and i really I really think it's important to honor those folks and acknowledge what they're doing so as far as I'm um, concerned, Alan Dale is the real hero of this story
0: yeah i he he really stepped up i I really liked him he um yeah, I thought, you know, even even though he, you know, when he knows that, you know, the daughter is not his, he still he stepped up and, yeah, I I, I agree with you on that one, wholeheartedly. That he, you know, he 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 was a real hero because he could have just, you know, dumped the child and even I mean because he knew, away. yeah, he could just said this is yours and. You know, your problem, but he 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 didn't. Is he going to show up? in a, is there going to be more books? Uh, because that was my questions. I mean, uh, you know, Bo has, has aged from you know 1980 1986 and or when the first one came out. You know, and now he said he's almost 75. Is 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 there going to be more? Well,
1: as long books? as long, as long as I'm around and as long as my gray cells still work and I can still type, I think there will be more books. They I bought more
0: books, so I guess I better <laughs> write them. Now when you when you were writing, 'cause you've got four four different series, do you do you um I mean that's a that's a lot of books in a short short period of time. Um do you write one and then do you write your series concurrently or do you just say, Okay, I'm writing about Bo in this one, I'm writing about Allie in this one and you know, they don't what well, what's your process? They, I'm
1: usually juggling three books at a time. I'm writing one,
0: editing one, and promoting one.
1: But I don't write more than one book at a, at the same time. That would drive me nuts. Okay.
0: Oh yeah, that would be that would be very hard. Although yeah, I'm sure your brain is thinking ahead to the next, you know, the next one. You know, because I I, I find myself am. You know, I was go raised
1: by my mother, Ebby Busk. And she had nine She had nine people in her family, seven kids. And so we all, she cooked a meal, and we all had to eat a little bit of everything. And everything on our plate or no dessert. And so when I'm writing a book, I'm not allowed to think about the next book until I finish writing the one. I have to clean my plate of the one I'm writing before I
0: can start thinking oh, okay. about the next one okay that that's an interesting way to put it that's 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 clever um and i I, i've asked this next question to several authors who have a lot of you know a lot of series how do you keep track of your characters and your you know your plots um excuse me um excuse me um you know, because you've got, you know, I don't know how many different, you know, characters you have. And, you know, how, but what is what is your, how, do you have Bibles for each book? Or how do you keep track of your characters and your plot? I
1: my I have to remember stuff. Uh, I Actually, I just, the last email I answered was from a lady in Seaside, Oregon, who noticed that one of my Joanna Brady characters, a little boy named Jeffrey, is missing from Field of Bones. And I wrote back to her, and I said, thanks for being a sharp-eyed reader. Crocheters sometimes drop stitches. With 60 books, I <laughs> seem to have dropped this character, and he'll be back
0: in the next book, trust me. <laughs> uh, I, now you're going to have to come up with a reason why he wasn't around. <laughs>
1: I keep a name file, and that's what I go back to. But as far as the plots of the stories, it's my job to remember them.
0: Well, you have a better memory than I, than, I, than I do. I have to, you know, I use an Excel spreadsheet and keep the names of my characters straight. Not so much the plots, but the names of my characters. Well, and you said that's what you do, too. You keep, you know, track of the names of the characters. Because I found myself, you know, I mentioned this before on other shows, that, I was always calling my, um, my, 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 my young boys, Tommy and every book it was Tommy. And it's like, wait a minute. I, you know, I I can't do that. (laughs) So, um, and one of my friends caught, you know, before the books are published, you know, caught me on it when she was, you know, reading through him, she goes, there's Tommy again. I'm like, Oh, okay. (laughs) So I finally had to go through an Excel spreadsheet. Um, so, what um, can you tell us a little bit about? We, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, Bo. Uh, wh- what about your other series? You've got Joanna Brady, the Allie Reynolds, and the Walker families. Can you well, kind the, of uh, talk us through the Beaumont? Those? The
1: Beaumont books are set in Seattle with um, middle. They started with a middle-aged male cop. I had never been a police officer. I was a former librarian. I, I'm not a boy. And when I started writing about Bo, I had lived, uh, who is a Seattle native, I had lived in the city for less than two years. So I had to do a lot of research to be able to make that authentic. So when I had the opportunity to write a second series, I thought, okay, how about if I have a female protagonist? How about if I set this book in some place I know well? So I set it in southeastern Arizona where I grew up. And um, then when I, the Walker books are set on a reservation where I was a through K-12 librarian for a number of years, and the Allie Reynolds books are set in one of my favorite other places in Arizona, which is Sedona. Um, if I wanted to invent a universe, I would be Frank Herbert and I would write the dune series but i'm not i don't want to have a universe i'm I write a lot of books, but i'm essentially lazy, so it helps me if i'm setting my stories in places I know well, so that if I know what the landscape is like, I know what the weather is like, I know what the people are like and that way, if they're driving down the road, I know what's going on outside the windows, but I can keep my focus on what the characters are saying and doing in the front seat. So that having a sense of place is a very important part of of the background of my writing.
0: Now, are um, Allie and Joanna are they? Because um, I haven't I haven't read either you know, either one of them, are they both, are they similar or are they?
1: Oh, they're entirely different. Uh, Joanna was in the first book, Desert Heat. She is in her late 20s. She is married to a deputy sheriff who is running Mm -hmm. for office against his boss. Uh, She's at home waiting for um, Andy to come home so they can go out and celebrate their 10th wedding anniversary. And she's pissed because he's late. And the reason he's late is he has been uh, shot and he's down at the end of their dirt road uh, on the verge of death. He's been shot by a drug cartel hitman. So my vision for that. I don't I don't do outlines. I sort of I start with somebody dead and I spend the rest of the book trying to figure out who did it and how come. And when I started the Joanna Brady series I thought she was going to be an amateur sleuth. But the problem was I had written police procedurals for so long that when she started asking questions or looking into something I would say well you can't do that. You're not a cop. You're not a cop. You're not a cop. So finally, at the end of that book, I just gave up and I said, "Okay, people are going to ask her to run in Andy's stead." And so, at the end of the first book, she has decided to run for office. Uh, at oh, the end of okay. the most recent Joanna Brady book, and Andy dies in that first book. So she's a single mother with an almost ten year old, a ten year old daughter, and She's a widow. When, uh, for this last book, Field of Bones, she's just won her third term of office. So she's been sheriff for eight years. She's remarried, and she now has two, two kids with her second husband. So her life has changed over the years. For Allie, Allie starts out and... Her life has just blown up. She was a newscaster in California, in L.A. She was living sort of this charmed life. And then she gets fired because at age 53, her um, boss says she's too old to be on TV. So she loses her news news anchor situation. At the same time, she finds out that her husband has been running around on her. So her, her life blows up. In terms of both marriage and job, and she goes back home to see Sedona to sort of invent herself. And the book I'm working on right now is Credible Threat, and that's the 14th book in the Allie Reynolds series.
0: So, is that your next your next release is going to be an Allie the Reynolds one? Release, then?
1: Yes, the next release will be Allie Reynolds Credible Threat.
0: And when do you have an anticipated date for release for that one? Uh, it'll it should be out next spring, probably in March. Okay, because so that was one of the questions too. Is like, what's next for you? Well, I, you just answered that question for me. So, um, and what is the the Walker family series? Oh, that Brandon Walker.
1: Those are set on the Tahona Autumn Reservation, where I worked for a number of years. I was a K through twelve librarian. I told. 26 stories in K-6 classrooms every week. And in the background of, of all of those books are the stories of the Tohono O'odham people that stories and legends I learned as a storyteller on the reservation. But uh, Hour of the Hunter is the first one of those books. It, it was my first non-Bomont book. So it was my first for first-person book as well. So that book is told through seven or eight different points of view with this elastic timeline that goes back and forth over about 70 years. And um, you will not be surprised if you learn that the uh, craze killer in Hour of the Hunter turns out to be a former professor of creative writing from the University of Arizona. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um I I'm, I'm I'm sorry I'm so sorry. I, I I that's that's funny how you're you know it's kind of that your neener 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 thing. Um I we are almost out of time already. Uh time went really really fast. Um and I hate to cut you off but you know I'd love to have you back on you know when your next book comes out and learn more about the you know alley character. Um, But thank you so much for being part of my show today. Uh, Well, do you have my email
1: um, address?
0: Yep. So I will get in contact with you. Um, Well, until... Send me an email and I'll I'll let you
1: know when books are coming out.
0: Okay. That sounds good. Until the next time, read on my lovelies. Thank you, J.A.
1: You're welcome. Bye-bye.
0: Bye.